otherwise on SAFM. And a very good Monday to you, Mzanti, and welcome to Otherwise on SAFM. Talking women, um, and uh, uh, today specifically, in fact, tomorrow marks the the beginning of the 16 days of activism. But my name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzeni is my producer, and uh, our, our technical producer for today is Albert Klaassen. You may reach us on 0892102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. Now, um, the book that we're going to be talking about today is The Rights and Wrongs in This Land of Ours by the South African Association of Women Graduates. And Hazel Bowen, who's the national president, will be joining me on the phone to tell us more about the importance of this book, but specifically what has been achieved regarding the status of women in education and what are the challenges we are still facing. And then Jabutuguan of People Opposing Women Abuse talks to us about the petition on the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence, and they have their own launch of uh, the 16 Days campaign tomorrow. She'll tell us more about that. But before all of that, uh, I've got a few quotes, in fact, on, on the rights of women. Um, Harry, uh, Hillary Clinton says, I believe that the rights of women and girls is the unfinished business of the 21st century. And then Prince Harry uh, says, this is not just about women. We men need to recognize the part we play too. Real men treat women with dignity and give them the respect they deserve. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, in this 20th year of our democracy in South Africa, it's appropriate that the South African Association of Women Graduates has published its 90th anniversary book detailing the changing South African context within the fields of inter alia, politics, social and family life, economics and education with special reference to changes in the status of women over the years. What has been achieved? regarding the status of women in education and what are the challenges we still face. Joining me now on the phone is National President of the South African Association of Women Graduates, Hazel Bowen. Hazel, hello, welcome. Thank you, and th- thanks for having me on your show. Well, thank, thank you for writing or publishing this book. <laughs> now, give us a bit of a history. It's 90 years old, the association. How yes. was it started and why was it, why was it started in the first place? Well, um, we have an international body, the International Federation of University Women, and that um, was started first in 1919. Mm-hmm. And then various countries started putting together their sort of chapters, their, their associations. And we uh, were started shortly after that in 1923. I think the main motivation was because of the very changed environment that people found themselves in after the the first world war Mm -hmm. it had really made significant uh, changes to the whole social fabric Mm -hmm. and um, these graduate women also realized that um, a lot of these challenges were very specific to women Mm -hmm. and um, you know they wanted to to be involved in um, ensuring that the status of women and girls um, was improved, um, that the women got the vote, um, that education, of course, became um, a high priority, uh, 
that women could go on to higher education and get their qualifications uh, just like uh, the men would. Mm. Um, so, and then, of course, all it was also a question of networking, building up understanding, building up uh, friendship because of the this devastating first world war mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and how do you how does one become a member of this association i mean it's it's been there for so many years and uh, and uh, and i'm sure that uh, as more and more women get educated i assume they then you know the the, the pool is bigger to contribute to the association Oh, absolutely. The pool is, is very large um, and we'd, we'd like to tap into that because one of the problems of having a, an organization that has been around for a long time is that you've got to keep refreshing the organization or remarketing, um, letting people know that you exist. Um, so, uh, you know, the pool is, is large and we certainly would welcome them. And the, the, the exciting thing about the association is that it's multidisciplinary mm-hmm. so you you know you're not just locked into meeting and discussing things with uh, people in your own field of study uh, if you've got an interest in uh, women's issues in um, and girls and education um, once you are you have a uh, you're graduated from um, uh, doesn't have to be strictly a university, but, mm-hmm. uh, but a sort of equivalent type of qualification. Um, you're you're eligible to to be a member. And I see that, and it's evident because there are different themes in the book that mm. I covered, and mm. quite a, quite a, a lot of them. Yes. Um, from from politics to to family life, uh, what can we learn from? I mean, since what are the changes that we can highlight today? Because the book is pretty is pretty huge, four hundred and thirty pages of it. Huh? It it is. Um, it's it was actually very um, interesting to to be involved in this. You know, with our 90th anniversary, we wanted to look back and say, well, what has been happening in the the last 90 years? Mm -hmm. And we then realized that luckily we've got a good selection of our journals, um, which started in 1930. And the editors and other members have really looked after, you know, the copies of this. So we've got a, a... very uh, fair representation of them Mm -hmm. and we realize that we've got so much uh, and that these uh, members and other authors um, really needed to be given a voice again and they could explain to us so much more clearly what had been happening what were the the um, issues of concern and interest as the the years went by so the, you know we've actually taken these articles from our uh, the journals that we have from your archives yes absolutely um, and yeah. you know the, the thing is there are of course enormous changes um and the book sort of details that as you say it's in theme so you know one can look at a particular um, uh, issue like human rights and mm-hmm. say, okay, well, what, what was happening in 1930 and what is it like now? What were the latest ones? 
Um, but one, unfortunately, I heard you saying that, you know, we're about to start the 16 days of activism, mm-hmm. etc. Um, we also held a conference last year where we looked at, well, what are the, the challenges which still exist? And, of course, there are certain threads all the way through where certain things have been sorted out, certain things still remain quite a challenge. And I think a lot of that is to do with mindset, it's to do with patriarchy, Mm -hmm. uh, it's to do with um, even in the workplace, uh, structural changes haven't taken place. And therefore, so much which, you know, should really have um, now disappeared is, is still around. Now, with all the findings and, and, and these articles, that and you, you, you've really got a wealth of information, it, it must make interesting reading, comparing where we are today and, and what was in the 1930s. But with, with all these findings, how have you as an association responded to some of the challenges that still exist? That still exist now. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we hold conferences where we obviously tap into what research, what, you know, what people are researching on, what they are involved with, so that we can keep ourselves, our members, and the broader uh, um, readership of our journals, etc., and those who come to our conferences uh, up to date with what's happening. We've done um, our own research projects. We, the branches all have their own activities. Um, and for the, for quite some time now, our, our main focus has been around mentorship. Mm-hmm. And we see our conferences and our journal, for example, as a form of, of mentorship because we encourage our members to either participate in the conferences or to write articles. So there's a safe space in which they can start honing their their, um, uh, talents and their skills. And um, we also, though, like to plough back into the community because we are lucky enough to have the education. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we um, uh, we have school projects working with school girls uh, for example up in Johannesburg a number of schools from Soweto are involved in the Johannesburg one mm-hmm. we in Cape Town have been working with uh, a group of girls from schools in Cryfontaine. Mm-hmm. Um so you know we try to um, and then for our own members and again uh, prospective members We've been running workshops on uh, issues to do with, uh, uh, for example, a recent one, sort of branding yourself and branding your organization. So Mm -hmm. if you've started up a business, you know, how to go about that. Um, So, yeah, we we try to tap into what our members feel um, is relevant and, uh, you know, what we can see is, is required. And also at the moment we've been quite uh, involved with the South African um, uh, civil societies um, putting together a document around the post-2015 um, uh, issues, you know, the mm-hmm. United Nations sort mm-hmm. of post-Beijing, um, because 2015 is when all of these things should well, the first round should now finish. Um, so 
we've been working on looking at ways ahead to to link up um, with Africa and you, and the international world on on that side as well. Mm. Now, is your group a feminist group? Well, that's that's a very interesting question because. Um, feminism means so much to 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 or so many different things to different people. Mm. But um, I per- was I was actually very interested to see that in 1930 we had two articles by members about feminism, and I had just not realised that we had been looking at that sort of issue. Um, quite so early, but obviously that's when it all started uh, becoming um, a topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to my mind, uh, yes, we are. Maybe you should tell us what feminism means to you before you say yes, you are. <laughs> 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 well, um, I, I, and then I'll also explain why I'm, I'm uh, 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 saying that right now, but. Uh, to me, feminism is um, uh, being concerned about equity for women, um, and that, of course, includes girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just around issues of equality. It is about equity. It's about um, um, women just being given a, a fair um, share of... of well, being recognized, to have human rights recognized, um, that women's rights are, are, are part of human rights. I think that's, that's the way to sum it up. And why right now? I found it very interesting. I went to um, the uh, Gender Commission's uh, conference last year, and there were a number of organizations which um, had male and female um, involved, mm-hmm. And what came up quite strongly at the conference in sort of chats, etc., and one comment that was made in the plenary session is that women were recognizing, of course we recognize that the one way to really make changes, as I've said, patriarchy, mindsets, etc., one way to make the changes is to bring boys and men mm on board so that they understand what we mean by hu- uh, women's rights and human rights and um, how, the, how they fit in with this. Um, obviously, that, that really does go without saying. But the women were also saying that, please, men, when you come on board on these, uh, with these issues, don't try to take over. <laughs> And I just found that incredibly interesting. And that, to me, is um, what feminism is about. We are very happy to work with, obviously, anybody who is trying to achieve the same sort of things. We're looking at women's rights and um, equity, but we're not interested in uh, being imposed upon. I mean, that's part of the problem you know, which we're trying to get rid of. So we don't want it now to come into the structures that are trying to, to make these changes. 
So you're not anti-men, really? No, 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 not never. <laughs> now, how has the graduate woman changed over these years as well? Because you're a group of graduates. Mm. Um, have, has it made uh, life easier for the women that are graduated as, as far as uh, under all these things that we speak about, as far as work in the workplace and, and, and those kinds of things? Well, I think one one very positive thing is that, of course, nowadays we've got so many more role models um, and girls can see that, uh, you know, what is possible. Um, but what remains quite a challenge, of course, is that women do have this dual role. And as much as many men are um, now taking up a very fair share in uh, home life, etc., um, I think that I can uh, say that for uh, the majority of women, it's still uh, a dual role that they, uh, where they take the, the greater responsibility. And a lot of women who are achieving fantastically and have got very good positions, etc., the one thing that they will always raise is how to balance work and family. Mm -hmm. the, the, I, I also wanted to go to the family because the family as we knew it in the 1930s mm. and the construct of a family is mm. no longer the same. Yeah. How, how, how do we keep it or is it necessary even to, to keep it uh, the same? Because now you, you find um, it could be two females as part of a family. It could be male and female, sometimes single parents yes. are family. So how do we or how does your organization respond to what becomes of the future family? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think we've been more concerned at looking at where, where problems arise, um, uh, 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 we, we've tried to play an advocacy type of role um, or, or researched issues. So um, we, we think, I mean, for example, in today's world, the uh, child-headed families, mm -hmm. I mean, that would be an issue, and particularly because it then also links into education, etc. That is something that we haven't specifically done um uh, too much on that, although we, it's been part of um, conference uh, topics. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's the sort of thing we wouldn't really, I mean, we're obviously not going to try and advocate what a family is because mm -hmm. that just clearly is impossible nowadays. Um, as you say, there's so many different forms of, of family. And, 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 you know, because we're speaking about uh, educating um, and graduating mm. young girls and women, it, it would challenge the, the, the way family is structured today. Well, it is. And I think an, another challenge in South Africa is that uh, maybe it's more broad than that as well, is that a lot of well, boys and girls, but certainly girls get to, you know, nearing their, their completion um, at, at matric level mm -hmm. and they don't really know what the options are. Or they seem to have quite... Um, uh, they don't seem to have a really clear picture of what these different 
careers are. Mm. So I think that, and that's, you know, where we have been working with our mentorship programs is around career, uh, the career uh, development and understanding the different careers because um, I think that's quite a challenge. And the parents, if they've had no um, understanding of those sort of options, I mean, it's very difficult for them to give guidance as well. Mm. And then, um, you know, the whole question of, it's again, I think, a lack of information. Uh, information is available, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't seem to get down to the people who need it. And the whole issue of, well, where would I go for funding? Mm. How do I get into to study further? A lot of them um, start too late uh, thinking about their career, so they've dropped certain subjects that they needed or they haven't been working at making sure that those um, the, the, the standard is uh, going to be good enough to get them into the career that they've now decided they would like to have. So as I, I still see that as it's been a problem for many years and it actually is still a problem. And then we have problems of dropout. Of course, of course. And uh, dropouts at school, at high, at school, and um, at tertiary level. And there has been some research. There needs to be a lot more research trying to decide or trying to find out what is causing it, because there's different reasons why girls drop out as opposed to why boys and men drop out. Hmm. Hazel, so, we, we we're almost running out of time, hmm. but I want to know from you who should. Who should use this book? Who should read? And it's written very beautifully, I must say. Who should, uh, because you cover lots of themes, uh, I wanted to know more about cultural issues, etc. But who should get it and, and how should they use the book itself? Look, it, 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 it's a very readable book. So anybody who has any interest in what's been happening in South Africa, um, and particularly as it pertains to women, would find it absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. We loved putting this together and really care. And we were surprised by some of the things that, you know, we discovered. Um, so it's, it's really is available. Uh, um, and re it, it's, it's sort of people would find it quite easy to get into. But of course, if you are a student or you are studying in a particular field, mm -hmm. um, there's so much information there that really you can't find easily elsewhere because, you know, it's this whole thing of history and her story. Mm -hmm. And there's very little about um, the women in South Africa over this sort of period. So it's, it's, I think, an invaluable source of information. Hazel, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you very much. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'll come back and tell you where to find the book. Otherwise, on SAFM. Just before news headlines, we were talking about, the book is called Rights and Wrongs in This Land of Ours. Um, it, it records in great detail how South Africa was viewed and experienced by its members during the period 1930 to 2013. The writings come from the actual journals published by the South African Association of Women Graduates since 1930 and are contained in 430 engrossing pages. And under various themes as well, human rights, status of women, feminism, politics and the law, 
transformation in peace, education, community and family life, the economy and the workplace, science and technology, reproductive health, medicine and psychology, cultural issues, history and historical research, as well as some book reviews and poetry. Um, and you may find this book at www. It's available directly through the organization, the association, and it's www.saawg.org, saawg.org, or info at saawg.org. And can also be ordered directly from Mega Digital Online Bookshop. It'll cost you uh, 380 rand for non-members and 350 rand for members. But I think it's a valuable piece of, of um, information that is contained therein. So rights and wrongs in this land of ours by the South African Association of Women Graduates. Now I'm joined by... Jabu Tugwana of People Opposing Women Abuse. I'm going to ask us to take a little break or something. I just need to drink some water. So can you do that for me? Thank you. Otherwise, on SAFM. Jabu Tugwana of People Opposing Women Abuse. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, you have a petition uh, going on. Tell us a bit. Give us some background. Okay, um, so People Opposing Women Abuse, together with Sanke Gender Justice um, and about 30 civil society organizations, uh, launched a petition which is targeting the Minister of Women, Minister Susan Shabangu, and which calls for a national strategic plan on gender-based violence. The petition is, is aiming to make sure that um, gender-based violence is prioritized by the Ministry of Women and to make sure that a plan which had been part of the ministry's um, mandate, is fully costed. We want to make sure that um, the plan covers a number of things, including making sure that we have comprehensive services for survivors, Mm -hmm. making sure that um, we're able to have a a prevention plan. So we're looking at gender-based violence. How do we prevent it before it happens? And also to really assess the laws, existing laws that we already have, such as the Sexual Offences Act, um, the Domestic Violence Act, how do we make sure that these laws are implemented, are monitored, and that organizations um, such as uh, Chapter 9 institutions that are mandated um, to address gender-based violence in South Africa are able to do so with adequate funding as well as um, human resources. Hmm. Now, what what has happened since the last campaign? And I've always tried to find out if we do track progress with with this campaign especially um uh, the 16 days of activism do we does anything happen in between these two spaces um f- from one year to the other or do we just make our voices louder uh, as we come to november 25th i think this is really part of the challenge that we as civil society have identified is that 16 days of activism is really more of an awareness campaign um, and every year we see that there's high media exposure there's high amounts of information which is set out about where people can get um, services and what gender-based violence is but um, the time between one year to the next year other than, for example, if we look at August, which is uh, Women's Month, there's not a lot which is happening in terms of informing people or making access to services um, for survivors. So this is one of our challenges, is that we're saying 16 days of activism has some limited um, impact in terms of making sure that people know, and we see this at core, because we see that there's more clients that come to report 
um, incidences of violence that they're facing every day. But that doesn't necessarily translate into, for example, reports that are um, go through the court system or reports that go to the police. Um, and as a result, we're not seeing a real difference or change in terms of ending um, gender-based violence in South Africa. The statistics are still shocking. So how else can we approach this, um, this, this 16 days to make it work? What needs to be done? Um, and I know you're doing a lot already as you are, but I, I think, you know, with all these campaigns and, 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 and the attention we give it for, for a few days, um, obviously is not getting the message across. Mm. So what needs to be done? And something that can be done on a daily basis to remind ourselves that, you know, we need to protect young, young women and, and, and children not only young women and all women and children, but what needs to be done? Because it seems now it, it just falls on deaf ears. Yeah. So I think I think without um, looking at the structural drivers of gender-based violence, uh, we're not making much headway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's one of the ways that we see that um, government can help to make sure that the daily experiences of, of women um, who are facing violence are addressed is to make sure that, for example, the National Prosecuting Authorities um, courts, the sexual offences court are, are fully funded. And that, what that will do is to make sure that, um, women can go to a court and they can have their case heard and see it from the point when, um, the judge sees, sees the case to finalization. Um, we also want to make sure that organizations that are offering services to women every day are not forced to shut down due to lack of funding. And that's why we're calling for a national strategic plan that addresses that. One of the priorities of our plan is to look at accountability mechanisms and to look at funding which is made available. Made available by government? Yes. Okay. What, what, what funding exists at the moment? So, I mean, what we know right now is that in the previous minister, when she um, left the office, when it was the Department of Women, Children mm-hmm. um, and People with Disabilities, she had uh, indicated that there would be a budget which is made available to the National Council on Gender-Based Violence mm-hmm. to address um, issues um, such, you know, such as those that we are raising in our national strategic plan, mm-hmm. which is um, over six million, but we don't know what has happened to that money. We also know that there's been a study which has been done recently by KPMG, which costs the the um, how much does it cost for gender-based violence? Um, how much does gender-based violence cost the economy? Mm-hmm. And we know that it costs us up to one percent of GDP, which mm-hmm. amounts to about 42 billion per annum. Mm-hmm. So so there is an economic imperative to address gender-based violence. And there, there are case studies, like for example, we know that in the UK for every dollar that's spent on preventing gender-based violence, $6 is saved. So we feel that that money can be used for programming rather than for big events like the one that we know is going to happen tomorrow in Ekuruleni <laughs> to launch 16 days of activism. What happens at those launches? Um, I mean, usually you will have the minister make an announcement um, and organizations will be invited um, to talk about the the status of um, women in terms of GBV in the country. Um, And then there'll be lots of catering uh, for people who come from all over the country to um, celebrate or commemorate 
16 days. Mm. Please do stay on the line for me, um, Jabu Almas. Jabu, I, I want your ideal situation um, outside of government because we, we have these every year. But ideally, what are you calling on South Africans to do? Ordinary people? Yes. We're calling on, on ordinary people to stand with us um, in terms of demanding a national strategic plan for gender-based violence. We want to live in a country where we don't have to fear um, that we are going to be raped. We want to live in a country where we know that the government is going to make sure that there are adequate resources that if one does face rape is able to go to the police and the police are adequately trained. Um, The police have enough information to um, document the case. We want to make sure that when the case goes to court, it's not delayed because of corruption. Mm-hmm. It's not delayed because um, someone lost the docket. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we have a country where um, resources are spent on programming rather than on big events every year uh, commemorating uh, violence, but not putting together a systematic plan which is fully costed, which is comprehensive, that addresses the problem. So how, how are you expecting us to participate tomorrow? By signing, well, there are very simple ways that people can can participate. So one can go online and go to change.org and sign our petition to Minister Shabango on the Ch- national change.org. Change.org. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, we have a number of actions that are happening nationally. Tomorrow, um, if you're in Johannesburg, you can meet us at 10 a.m. at the Library Lawns. Um, there'll be hundreds of people who are gathering there and moving at, from quarter past 10 to the Premier's office to hand over a memorandum with our list of demands. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, there'll also be solidarity actions which are happening um, in KZN. We're also having um, other solidarity actions which are happening in the Eastern Cape in Bishop. Mm-hmm. And on the 27th, there'll be a march to Parliament. Uh, in Cape Town? In Cape Town. Okay, right. so 27th is when... You want everybody to come down to Cape Town and, and, and march to Parliament. And uh, are you handing over a petition there as well? It's a memorandum. That's a memorandum. Right, yes. Yes. Fantastic. How do people get more information from you? Where do they go? Is it all on okay. change.org? Um, the petition is on change.org. Um, if people want to get more information about the marches, the specific focal points in each um, province, they mm-hmm. can contact me. My email is jabu at poa.co.za. Jabu at POWA, P-O-W-A, huh? P-O-W-A, People Opposing Women Abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and our office number is 011-642-4345. Mm-hmm. 4345. Well, we'll be there. We'll support you. Um, and I hope South Africa gives you as much support as you need. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. Bye. Bye-bye. Jabu took one of People Opposing Women Abuse and Jabu at poa.co.za or 642-4345 on the Johannesburg Code.